Let us bow our heads in prayer. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still. And with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way. To be happy in Jesus. But to trust and obey. We thank you, Lord, this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the power of your word that gives us courage and comfort. And I'll ask you, Lord, to come into the hearts of every one of us this morning. Give us the grace to continue to trust you always. Give us the grace to always be obedient to your loving will and grant us courage and comfort for we always make our prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let the church say amen. Amen. Thank you so much. People generally believe that fish are cold-blooded. And what that really means is that fish, by their very nature, are very sensitive to temperature. So when it is too cold, the metabolism of the fish becomes sluggish, and they don't like it. And when it becomes too hot, it squeezes the oxygen in the water, and the fish also don't like it. So because they are cold-blooded, they are always trying to figure out how to migrate either from a colder part of the sea to a hotter part, and they keep balancing that sense. And so in the afternoon, with the heat of the sun, right on the surface of the water, the surface often tends to be hotter. And they don't like it, so sometimes they migrate much deeper into the water. And at night, when all that heat from the day now begins to go downwards into the water, the depth of the water becomes hotter, and then they now want to come up to the surface at night because it's a little bit cooler. And so seasoned fishermen know that the best time, the prime time for fishing, is always most times at night. Or you go much further into the sea to be able to make the big cash. Now, here is Simon and his colleagues who know the lakes like the back of their hands, in and out. They have been fishing for all their lives. 
They know the science of the profession. And they've worked hard all night, the prime time for fishing. And they have nothing to show for it. And there comes along this fellow who apparently doesn't seem to know anything about fishing. Most likely the son of a carpenter because they know his father to be a carpenter. And now he comes along in the heat of the afternoon on the shore in the shallow part of the ocean and he tells them, Peter, put your net back into the net, into the sea. And they were like, are you kidding? Who does he think he is? We know these lakes. We know our profession. We know our science. And I can imagine Peter and his colleagues laughing in their minds, trying to figure out what a crazy thing this is. And now Peter, Peter now puts up a polite resistance. And he says, Master, look, we've been out all night and we've been trying to get something. This is not the best time to fish. What you are asking me to do is simply crazy. But if you say so, I will obey and I will trust you and I will do what you have said. Now, hold that thought for a minute. Aren't we like Peter sometimes, where our faith requires us sometimes to believe things that are contrary to the science? Our faith sometimes requires us to believe things that are contrary even to our inner common sense. The doctors have said you have this cancer, you only have three months to live, you have six months to live. That's the science. But doesn't faith sometimes mean that the power of God can go contrary to the science? The power of God, sometimes we go contrary to what the society already believes to what the profession already tells us, that is how it goes. But Peter tells us something this morning. Trust and obey. Even when your common sense and your logic tells you that this is hopeless, with God, nothing is hopeless. Even when the science tells you that just give up, go home and get ready, you don't give up because the power of God sometimes goes against the science. And so what happens? Because Peter and his colleagues trusted and obeyed, you know now what happened. Voila, great catch. And their nets were almost sinking. What does that tell us? When we trust God and we obey God in his loving will, great things happen in our lives. 
He gives you miracles. He gives you blessings. He gives you sustenance. He gives all of us protections. When we learn to trust and to obey. However, because God gives us miracles and blessings does not mean that we have an immunity to suffering or that we have an immunity to things we don't like happening to us. Look at it this way. Jesus tells Peter to throw out into the deep. But Peter has no control over the kind of fish that comes into the net. Just as the beautiful goldfish comes into the net, the very ugly barracuda would also come into the net. Just as edible fish like tilapia comes into the net, inedible fishes like Scorpionfish, lionfish, all of them will all find their way into the net. And so the great catch could be made up of the good, the bad, the ugly, the edible and the inedible, the ups and downs of life, successes and failures, good things and bad things, disappointments, divorces, frustrations, broken hearts, and the list can go on and on and on. But you know what? There is help. There is help. Because as Peter and his colleagues now started finding they couldn't carry the weight of all of this uh, good and bad and everything, what did they do? They called out to their colleagues to help. But you got help this morning. You have help in the church. You and I have help in the sacraments. And so what this miracle reminds us this morning is that the power of God is so abundant in our lives. And even as we go through the ups and downs, the grace of God, the mercy of God, and the blessings of God will always guide and protect us. Somebody please say amen. amen. Now, one final word. Like Peter, sometimes our minds may tell us that we don't deserve God's mercy. Sometimes we can't trust God fully and be obedient fully because we think that we don't really, God is not going to be kind to us. Because my life has been so messed up. My life has been so screwed up. My past is horrible. There's no way God can love me. There's no way God can have mercy on me. Who says? Who says? And that's why sometimes we may feel like Peter, who comes before Jesus after the miracle, he says, please leave me. Leave me. I am a sinful man. Leave me. Or sometimes we may feel like St. Paul, who says, look, I am the least of the apostles. 
I don't even deserve to be called an apostle because I have done terrible things in the past. I have persecuted the church. I have killed Christians. I don't deserve anything. And times may come you feel you don't deserve anything from God. Or we may even feel like Isaiah who says, I'm a man of unclean lips. I cannot proclaim the goodness of God. But you know what? Jesus tells you and tells me, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid to trust and to obey. Jesus says to us in the gospel, follow me and learn to trust and learn to obey. Let us now bow our heads and pray. Trust and obey For there's no other way To be happy in Jesus But to trust and obey